I'm your health coach, Melissa Lee. Here at Thriving with Nourishment Health, I provide women with the resources to reclaim fertility and celebrate periods through the lens of functional medicine. It is time to empower ourselves with natural solutions over band-aid medicines. We will get to the root cause of symptoms to see the bigger picture. Let us find the ability to heal ourselves, get back to Mother Nature, and live in a healthier world. Hi everyone, say hi to Bridget Danner. I had her on the show before. If you want to listen to what we talked about, it's episode 56. Bridget is, has been a licensed acupuncturist since 2004 and a certified functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner since 2015. After losing everything to toxic mold, Bridget now educates about toxins and coaches women on how to detoxify through a functional approach. Um, I'm really excited to have her on because I do want her to talk about mold and hormones and we're also going to be zooming in on a little bit about mitochondria health and what actually that has got to do with fertility and hormones. So welcome, Bridget. Hey, Melissa. So nice to be back. I always love chatting with you. Yeah, it's really, really fun to chat with you because I think I just like your personality and you're like funny and, and you give tons of good info, which is like in a digestible way so I think it's great that you're always on my show oh thank you like likewise yeah I feel <laughs> like I like I like to collaborate with people that I just I just like and think have good info as well <laughs> yeah collaborating yeah is the new thing so today like you know mitochondria health I guess I think women may not know what mitochondria is or like you know do you want to just give an intro to what that is yeah, so mitochondria to me are really fascinating. You may remember like a little bit from high school biology, if you know, or wherever you, you know, went to school, like ATP is the kind of the cell, cellular stored energy in the cell and there's like this process to make it. Um, and it's made by the mitochondria. So mitochondria are called organelles or like a part of the cell. And what's there in every cell and what's super, super fascinating is they're billions of years old and they speculate what happened is these bacteria came inside cells to, for protection and they became like a symbiotic relationship because they made, they made energy. Um, so that's like how it started. And it oh, always fascinates me. Isn't that crazy? what are they <laughs> yeah and they have their own dna like separate from our dna uh, and when i used to focus more on fertility i learned about them as well because that's really you, you know you your your the eggs yeah sorry your mother's egg when you know when you're conceived that mitochondria is like super super important um, because it's like what's kicking off the multiplication of cells in early life Mm -hmm. And that DNA is transferred, that mitochondrial DNA is transferred from mother to child, which is just That's super, super cool. interesting. Yeah. So it's really important for fertility, both men and women, because it's such an energetic powerhouse, but it's important for all sorts of things like just day to day, you know, energy, anti-aging, um, it's good for insulin receptivity. It's good for recovery from um, 
energy, I'm sorry, sports. So the health of your mitochondria is like really important. And even though they're like protected inside your cells, they're also delicate and they're affected by toxicity, which now we have a lot of toxicity and also like excess exercise, lack of exercise, shallow breathing, Um, There's different infections, heavy metals. So there's lots of things can affect mitochondria. And you might not be walking around thinking, oh, I have like a mitochondrial deficiency. But, you know, if you're tired, if you have chronic illness, if you've been exposed to toxins, if you're aging, which we (laughs) we all are, but, you know, maybe especially, you know, as you're getting, like I'm 46, you know, like as the older you get, it's one of the reasons for aging is uh, mitochondrial production and repair kind of declines and children have really healthy mitochondrial like turnover and stuff like their skin is so soft because their their skin cells like turn over so quickly um so taking care of your mitochondria is actually really important and can make your quality of life a lot better yeah um so it's pretty cool stuff I like how you outline like the symptoms that people can feel. I, yeah, I, I mean, it's true. Like no one walks around and think like, oh, like I need to, you know, protect my mitochondria or like I, it's probably my mitochondria that has, you know, some sort of issue. They're always thinking about like, oh, I feel so tired today. My energy is low, you know, all that kind of thing. So it's really great that you outlined some of the symptoms. Um so what do people do to like, you know, help their mitochondria thrive, I guess? Yeah. So partly it's like avoidance. So we talked last time we talked about toxin avoidance. So, um, you know, avoiding low quality foods, avoiding like fragrance and plastics and, and things like that, heavy metals in, in makeup, um, you know, keeping your house clean, your air clean, getting a lot of fresh air is great. I kind of mentioned like over-exercising actually does create oxidative damage in the body. Um, But under-exercising isn't good either because you need to get oxygen to all your cells. Right, it's Uh, a balance. (laughs) Yeah, so getting water and exercise, you know, just deep breathing, um, getting fresh air is really good. what about like cold showers? I've heard about the cold shower thing, you know, and then like it kind of really regenerates your mitochondria or like gives them a shock and they're like. Yeah, I'm trying to think about that. If I've heard it has a direct effect on mitochondria or not, that's a, that's a great point. Um, it's definitely good for like your immunity and like your uh, adaptability. Mm-hmm. Um, so it um, may. Yeah. I'm not sure if it has a is a word that I read about it. Yeah, it, it, it helps you be kind of more responsive to be exposed to extreme heat or extreme cold because it, it just teaches your body how to be more adaptive, which is a good thing. Um, yeah. So yeah, avoidance is, is one aspect, um, you know, getting certain nutrition and antioxidants are another aspect. Um, let's see what else can protect them. If you're like, if the mitochondria is responsible for like energy production, I'm guessing like taking care of your energy, like having stabilized blood sugar levels will play, will come into effect too, right? 
Yeah, yeah, and even um, like overeating is not a good thing for your mitochondria. It doesn't like sort of let them, um, it, it sort of burdens your body. So yeah, it's spacing out your meals, like yeah, not having processed food and balancing your blood sugar, um, high antioxidant foods, um, foods with high quality fats are good. Um, let's see taking fish oil, taking like antioxidants like selenium, vitamin C, vitamin A, vitamin E. Actually, melatonin is actually really good for um, your mitochondria as well. There's a relationship there. Um, so melatonin we make, but sometimes we don't make enough of it because our pineal gland is has experienced toxicity or, you know, we're just around too much blue light or whatever. So melatonin is actually also an antioxidant and that's something that um, can benefit, you know, in, in moderate doses. I actually like to use, you know, melatonin at night. Oh, I, interesting. I think, yeah. yeah, I think people can think, oh, it's like cheating or whatever, but um, it's also something that depletes with age. Mm -hmm. that our body really enjoys <laughs> like, yeah. it's, so it's helpful um yeah so, so those are some of the things um avoiding like treating any infections you have whether it's in your gut taking good care of your teeth and your mouth because that some of those infections you know you're kind of swallowing if you know you have Lyme disease or other kinds of infections um it just it creates like a internal toxic effect on the body so clearing right. out those things is helpful that makes a lot of sense. Like what you're saying, like avoiding whatever that's harmful for you and then adding in things that are, you know, helpful for the body. Um, actually the whole melatonin thing, I just talked about it recently in my sleep challenge. I don't know why it didn't came to me, but yeah, melatonin also protects our eggs when we're pregnant. Um, oh, so for cool. women, yeah, like ovary, the ovaries release melatonin. So like in the challenge, I was telling the people like, you know, this is also one another reason why you should prioritize your sleep because it helps you, you know, get back into regular ovulation so much. Um, but the fact that now you, you know, you say that uh, melatonin helps with mitochondria health, I think that's an, also another reason why we should care about our sleep even more. Yeah, 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 for sure. It'll catch up with you. Yeah. What about um, CoQ10? I you know, like, I think some people have seen it align with like mitochondria health and like supplements. And they're like, I don't know what CoQ10 is. Yeah. So I'll tell you all about it. But I'll tell you a little story first. So when I was recovering from being sick with mold, I was, I don't know, I guess you could maybe say like half recovered, but still yeah. not really recovered. And a friend of mine who's a practitioner was like, oh, have you done CoQ10 you know it's so helpful and I was like ugh, like here's another thing for me to try you know I've already spent so much money but I'm still always like curious to try things so I just decided to like try it and I really didn't even pay much attention or give it much research I just I took the bottle and it was like a one month supply and then I ran out of it because I had ordered it online and uh, then I started to notice that I was more tired and I was craving sugar and caffeine in the afternoon. And I was like, oh, what's changed? I got off the CoQ10. Oh, so <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I got back on the CoQ10 and kind of learned more about it. And that was 
three, four years ago, and I still take it. So I really just kind of fell in love with the sort of just low level energy boost that it gives you. Like, it's not like caffeine, there's no immediate Mm -hmm. effect. Mm -hmm. Um, But CoQ10 is also an antioxidant, a little, you know, just like melatonin and some other ones we talked about. Um, It is a fat loving antioxidant, and it is mostly made by the body and especially by the mitochondria because the mitochondria as they produce energy make a lot of waste and that waste is like oxidants. So you need antioxidants to mop up the oxidation. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, we make less with age and, you know, potentially with toxicity or other issues. There's lots of nutrients needed for that ATP energy production process. But CoQ10 mm-hmm. is, is just um, one, of them. one of them. Yeah. And, you know, as I went to research it more, the research is just dynamite on CoQ10 with all the things it can do to protect your organs as they age, you know, protect the health of the mitochondria. Mm-hmm. Um, the sugar cravings thing is more than energy. Like it does help with insulin sensitivity, like I mentioned, so it can be, and it can be good for athletes because I talked about mitochondria kind of damaged by over-exercising, fertility we talked about, mm. skin health it's good for because that's kind of an aging process. And um, it actually also, this is so fascinating, but it, so it has, uh, has an overlapping activity to something that glutathione does in the body. So you know, glutathione is that big detox antioxidant but they, they both protect lipids from oxidative damage. So when you've been exposed to toxins, your glutathione often is depleted because it's working so hard and taking CoQ10 can take the pressure off of glutathione. So oh, you're kind of protecting that reserve. Yeah, right. it's like amazing how many different things it does in the body. Um, and we got the opportunity to carry it under our own label. So um, just a kind of absorbable form. So one of the problems with getting CoQ10 into the body and why I don't think you should buy it at Costco is <laughs> CoQ10 is kind of large and it, now it has to get into the cell wall and into the mitochondrial cell, uh, not cell, but like the mitochondrial membrane. So it has to cross mm-hmm. two membranes and it's mostly not going to do that. So it, it is certain, the body, you need to kind of trick the body to get it um, into the cell and into the mitochondria so uh so yeah we we were able to start carrying one it's good because our clients are mostly dealing with uh, toxicity issues and low energy so um it's just awesome nice yeah it's a pretty cool supplement to you know it's pretty people have said well what if you're on blood thinners it's not a fit um other than that, I don't think there's any huge uh, contraindications that I know of. Actually, I should say that um, people who are on statins, they would benefit a lot from CoQ10 because apparently yes. statins um, deplete CoQ10, right? And Yes, which is super ironic because they're supposed yeah. to be kind of protecting your <laughs> you from heart disease. Uh-huh, so yeah. your, <laughs> your heart uses like has your heart cells, right? Your heart's a super hardworking muscle. So your heart needs a ton of CoQ10. Um, 
Um, so it's pretty ironic that a cholesterol lowering medication is depleting you of CoQ10. There's oh my God. pretty yeah. interesting, like bad research on that. Cause it's like, is it really protecting you your mortality rate or not? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, <laughs> well, I could say I could say the same thing for like SSRIs, you know, like after a long time, it actually depletes like serotonin in the body. It's like, it's kind of backward, like it's a bandaid for short term. And then but like over time, it actually kind of reverses like its intention. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it can be like a short term helper, but long term, not, not the right solution so I'm never we can never tell you to get off medication but yeah, yeah it's generally very safe to add to if to add, add to safe and advisable to add if you're taking statins most people aren't taking blood thinners but just know that those two are not supposed to mix um you know I just had the question about pregnancy is it safe you know there's always very few studies done on pregnancy and supplements mm-hmm. um you can definitely take it safely for fertility. So, you know, to me, I don't really see any harm in pregnancy. It's just, unfortunately, like most substances, there isn't really much research. We did find an article that it prevents preeclampsia. Mm-hmm. So I think it could potentially be beneficial that we have to look into it a little bit more. Yeah. Well, that sounds good. I know I'm, I'll put a link in the show notes um, from your hormone detox shop about your CoQ10 supplement. Um, I think that would be really helpful for listeners too. Yeah, yeah, I'd love for people to try it. You know, I, uh, well, I'm not sure when this episode will come out, but we're doing like a half off bottle so people can try it. And we always give 30 day, you know, return policy. Um, Cause it's something I know how I was when I started it. And I was like, is this gonna do anything? <laughs> uh, <laughs> But I really did fall in love with it. I was advised when around when I, you know, started to learn about it, you know, you may not feel it, so to speak, for a few months, depending how depleted you are, or just your body type, like I'm really petite. So I think it just sort of got into me sort of faster. And Mm -hmm. maybe I was really depleted, or I'm not really sure all the factors. But, um, you know, like with a lot of natural substances, you often have to give it a few months to judge. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, my husband and I were actually, we're, we took the CoQ10 as a combination with omega-3s before. I think Nordic Naturals, the brand, they had a oh, combination. Okay. Um, it was pretty good, actually. Like, the pill itself was, like, black, <laughs> which I've never seen before. Um, but... Yeah, it was like, I think it was pretty good. It, it, it did kind of give me a little focus more. Um, we're off it now, but yeah, it's just something that I noticed. Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, we're all a little different on what becomes like our favorite things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <So this> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, let's shift gear into like mold because I think, you know, you're an expert on mold, um, you know, what the experience was like. Um, and I think it should come up more in terms of toxicity, especially since we can't really see it. I don't know. I, I just know mold from like moldy food. <laughs> so could you enlighten us more about like, you know, how do we identify toxic mold? How do we even know that we are, you know, um, affected by it? 
Yeah, so just another like story that helps, I think, for frame of reference. I was living in a moldy house about eight years before I found out I was in there. And I was just having a lot of recurrent immune issues, chronic pain, period issues, just kind of everything, insomnia, anxiety, and trying everything and kind of get better, kind of not, but eventually found out I was living in a moldy home. And for one thing, the constant presence of um, mycotoxins and VOCs from mold, it's definitely gonna mess up your mitochondria and deplete your glutathione. So everything I was describing, you know, you're, you're a great candidate for CoQ10 when you've been going through mold. Um, yeah, and it, it's, it's pretty common. I don't wanna make it sound like every house and every person has a problem because they don't. Um, and even in the same house, you know, one family member could feel fine. They're just sort of processing that toxic load. Mm -hmm. And then another one is not. Uh, so it really all depends. Um, but basically because, you know, modern homes and even actually historical homes, like there's like references to mold from the Bible. It's pretty crazy. Um, you know, when we create a dwelling <laughs> like that can be penetrated by water, um, bad things can happen. So if you've got, you know, gutters not draining right or leaks in the bathroom or the kitchen or you're in a humid house and it's, it's not airing out well, uh, mold can grow. And because it's not a forest, it's this controlled environment, you can get... Um, an overgrowth or an imbalance of molds. So you can potentially get some toxic molds. There's really only like 10 or 12 molds that are toxic to mammals. Um, but for some odd reason, they seem to really do well inside of a house. Sometimes they're in the drywall or in the wood because you know mold grows on wood and the spores can live in there and then get wet and then get activated or those mold spores can travel in the air. Um, but yeah, it, it can make you really sick, can give you fertility issues, hormonal issues, fatigue issues, um, you know, kind of there's some factors about your genetics and your health history. Um, I think how long you've, you're exposed can be a factor as well. Uh, I, I think that even if you think, oh, well, that'll never happen to me, it's good to learn about because you'd mm -hmm. be surprised like in, in anyone's lifetime, I think there's a decent chance you're going to be exposed so yeah. if you move into a new place and you're like something's not right or you know even if you're going to look to rent like to have some awareness of what to look for um is a good idea because it's a real risk to your family's health yeah that's totally true i mean i think it's very important to just be aware of that and also like you never know if you need to move house or if you're living in a different space yeah yeah, yeah, it's, it's good to think about your environment in terms of your health. And, you know, frankly, it didn't really occur to me for many years um, because my house didn't like look weird or anything. Right. <laughs> like, it seemed fine. You don't have uh, moss on the wall. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't living in a tree house or anything. Um, so yeah, but like in retrospect, yeah, we had a bunch of drainage issues. We had a very like humid basement. We lived in Oregon, you know, we just, we had most of our mold was in the walls. So how can you know, but the toxins emit out of the wall. 
So it's just, it definitely pays to be like a savvy homeowner and even a savvy renter because um, you just, you just don't know what's going on Mm -hmm. if you don't have much awareness of your space. What about mold like on foods? I mean, yeah, yeah. Like I would, okay, I would only know not to eat it if it obviously smells or look weird, right? But like, I don't know. I feel like sometimes we accidentally would eat some kind of mold or would that travel in my fridge and, you know, affect everything else? Yeah, so mold in food is actually super common. Let me pull up my list of it. Um, yeah. And But what how drastically affects you is debatable is kind of the good news. So... In my opinion, if you already have a problem with like airborne mold, environmental mold, and now you're adding in some moldy foods, and we'll talk about which which ones, then you seem to be like more reactive. Or if you, you know, back in like the olden days, like there was these certain like, I don't know, I guess you wouldn't call it a plague, but these certain like, I don't know what the right word is, like outbreak thank you that went around (laughs) so there'd be like a a moldy rye that was really toxic and then a whole town would be affected or whatever Mm -hmm. when they made bread so those things happen but actually there's a bunch of mold in food I think they say let me see if I can find it about like 25 percent of the world's food crops are moldy I've actually heard that some mold are also in like packaged nuts or especially dried fruit like yeah so a little list I have uh, any grain whether processed or whole can be moldy grain fed meat right because the animal is eating grain that's actually a really common one so that's a big issue dog food some spices uh, some herbs in, in, into herbal supplements, dairy products, because again, they're eating, you know, grain, um, cocoa, uh, oat, soy, or rice milk, because again, grain, mm-hmm. our crop, fruit juice, dried fruit, alcohol, coffee or tea, lunch meat, nuts, popcorn, leftover so it doesn't mean every single time it's moldy but these are the ones that potentially are going to be moldy and I think you can just sort of watch your reaction and then just buy you know buy for quality like not to say you're immune for getting organic or whatever but um how can I say like in store you know buy fresh high quality nuts like yeah you know stuff like that keep them in the fridge keep them in the freezer a lot of people don't know that you know I wouldn't eat food that's been around you know in your fridge five days or a week I think people think because it's in the fridge it's like good to go but there Mm -hmm. can be mold growing before it's visible for sure yeah Um, I'm definitely guilty of that I have to say because I'll be like, oh, I have so many leftovers. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. I would not really beyond a few days. And if you think about food, you buy like a tub of lettuce, like you, you might be like, oh, it still looks good. It's been in my fridge like 
a week, but how long was it in the grocery store? And then how long was it on a truck? Like it's old. <laughs> so, you know, buying local is really great. Uh, and then you can, you know, wash things properly and store things properly and mm -hmm. just be, you know, cleanly. Um, you can like wipe out your fridge with like baking soda and water and, yeah. you know, keeping cutting boards and rags clean, that kind of thing. The interesting thing is though, um, I was, I don't know, what was I talking to them, but um, a lab that I use said that they've done a little test recently and they haven't really found that eating a whole bunch of these potentially moldy foods really changed people's um, lab re results mm -hmm. for mycotoxin levels. So they're kind of speculating, like it's not really a high source. Of right, it's mostly from like the environment, like you were talking I about. I think, I think mostly. However, I think if you're eating like a diet primarily full of, which right. is a lot of people, right? Grains, meat, and dairy products and alcohol, like mm -hmm. that's a lot of people. So you, you know, I think at least good, good to be aware of this list and, you know, eat foods more like, you know, some foods that are not on this list and then just pay attention. Like I will definitely react to grape juice. Um, I noticed mold on popcorn kernels. I did a little video about it. Um, I don't do well with dairy, yeah. um, corn. I don't do well with you know, am I like perfect? No, but I sort of know which foods on this list don't agree with me. Mm -hmm. I like that, the whole awareness thing. I think that's what it all just comes down to. Also, you know, in the end, like I've talked to so many people about like different ways to eat and like, like a lot of like, you know, ways to approach things. But I think it also comes down to like the individual and like what you can tolerate or not. Because even your toxicity tolerance is different. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And there can be times like I go through times where I'm like, Oh, I'm doing great. I can eat all sorts of things. And then it'll catch up with me. And I'll be like, Whoa. Okay. So I think we go through like, you know, kind of highs and lows too with what we can tolerate. Yeah, totally. I have learned a lot more about mold just in that, I don't know, past 10 minutes. Um, and also I'm going to be definitely looking into my food or my fridge more <laughs> um, yeah. and not assume that everything's good. Um, is there anything else that you want to, you know, just pop in before we wrap up? Oh, I would just say, if you're curious more about mold, we have different blogs and free eBooks about it. So, um, if you are a little worried, oh, maybe that's going on in my house or my workplace, like. Do, do take the time to learn um, mm -hmm. because it's, it doesn't pay to like neglect that if that is an issue. Um, and then we have more information about mitochondrial health and CoQ10 on the site as well. And it's BridgetDanner.com. Cool. I'll put that all in the show notes. Um, thank you so much for coming on again. It's always very fun to talk with you. Likewise, Melissa. Yeah, it was a good conversation.